0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Healthy Perspectives podcast. Thanks for joining us for today's journey, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining us today. I wanna, I wanna pose something to you. If we want change, which oftentimes we do, but we don't want to hurt, how do we manage that tension between it? Here, I'll say it in a different way. We have wants and we have don't wants, right? We want something and we don't want something else. There's this tension in between. I want to describe that tension. And then I want to give you some, uh, some therapeutic content so that hopefully at the end of this, you'll walk away going, oh, well, there's something that I can do to be more intentional about what I want and ensure that I'm not creating something that I don't want. I'll start with wants. What are wants? So, for instance, if I want to be a professional athlete, then I may not want the bus travel that comes along with climbing the ladder, right? there's a a giving up of something in order to get something. If I want to be the boss, I may not want the loneliness of making those hard decisions. It's a very lonely spot being a boss. If I wanted to be an actor, I may not want the paparazzi and attention all the time that's going to come every time I step out of the door. If I want someone to be responsible for my pain, I may not want that person to be me, right? I want somebody to be responsible. I want to blame somebody, but I don't want to blame myself. If I want religious choice, I may not want somebody praying at the 50-yard line after the game. It's a little uh, shout-out to the recent issue that's in the news, I may want sex, but I may not want a baby. I may want guns, but I may not want people to die because of them. I may want somebody to fear me, but I definitely don't want to fear anybody else. Wants and don't wants create tension. And every time we get something we want... Something we don't want is knocking at the door. There was somebody uh, I I came across in in my career. His name was Mike Caldwell. And he was involved in the uh, political arena quite a bit. He would say, if you want something, you got to be willing to give something up. And so I've explored this over the years, studied it as a therapist. And I'm going to break this down into two things. Needs. Right? we got hierarchy, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, right, which you all can look up. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to this. We need food. We need water. We need shelter. We need air. We need sleep. And we need love. These are non-negotiables. Without them, our body begins to wither and die. And everything else, basically, is a want. So if our needs are fully met, meaning we have enough food, water, shelter, air, sleep, and love, then we need for nothing. And everything we spend our day focusing on is a want. I want to read that book. I want to play that game. I want to go to the park. I want to play with the dog. They're just wants. And we may convince ourselves or our culture may convince us that those wants are not actually wants. They're needs. But they're not. So I want to start with that. Checking yourself, being gracious, having gratitude for the things that we have. If you're not struggling for food today, you're doing okay. If you're not struggling for water today, you're not having to walk four miles just to get a bucket of water and bring it back. You're doing okay today. If you're not struggling from shelter issues, for instance, uh, you're know, having clothes to protect you from the sun, maybe sunscreen or a house, something that protects you from the inclement weather, you're doing okay today. The same would be true if you can breathe clean air if you can get adequate at least relatively comfortable sleep and if you have people in your world who care about you and love you you're doing okay today and i say that i emphasize that because in our culture our culture tells you that's not enough our culture tells you that's not enough because you need to No, make that four cars, and you need a three-car garage, and one of the cars can park in the driveway. And you need a 3,500-square-foot home for a family of four, and probably a swimming pool in the backyard because everybody's got one of those these days. Our culture is going to tell you all kinds of stuff. And it says basically this, more is better. That's such a greedy message. And I'm going to encourage you all today to ask yourselves, more what? Well, what, more what? I mean, we, we have enough food, we have enough water, we have enough shelter. Look, and if you don't have enough of those things, then um, then we need to help you. You know, that's that's when you start calling counselors and saying, hey, I need to access some resources. Can you help me out? The question is more what? Do we want more control? Control is a myth. We actually have so little control. It's crazy. We can predict some things for sure, but it just takes one thing to mess up all the sense of control that we thought we had. You want more fame? Want more power and influence? More what? What are you looking for that you want more of? And what are you willing to give up for it? That's really where it is. What are you willing to give up in order to have more? There's three key elements that I want to highlight here because they are limited and they are consistent regardless of race gender anything yours and mine are the same three things time which was there 86,500 seconds in a day it's the same for you as it is for me Now, we don't know how much time we have left to live, but that would also be the same for each of us. You may think you're going to live 20 more years or 100 more years or whatever, but the truth is, you don't know just like I don't know. Energy. We have a limited amount of energy. And when it's used up, it's used up. And when it's time, we got to sleep, we got to sleep. There's just so much energy we have in our day, in our week, in our month, in our year, and in our life. What we don't use wisely is gone. It just disappears, never to be seen again. What we use wisely could go to improving something that we want, whether that's a selfish something we want or a communal something we want something that we share together and resources resources could be uh you know anything from you know your air water food shelter to your video games your extra blankets and stuff like that what we have though is limited time energy and resources there's only so many resources there's almost only so much time and you only get so much energy so what are we willing to give up? We're willing to give up the extras if it's going to get us something extra that we want. We typically don't give up extra to get our needs met. Some of you out there have probably experienced that. At times in my life, I have experienced it. I am very, very fortunate now. I, am, I have a ton of gratitude for how lucky I am. And I I shouldn't say it's luck, it's not all luck. Some of it's luck, but it's not all luck. Sometimes it's because of others who have come before me and decided to mentor me and help me uh, to become something bigger than I was. It's also my internal desire to grow, right? It's not all luck. So the extra, you might be willing to give up a car or a blanket. Or maybe, maybe you'll go to a 2,500-square-foot home. So extras extras are typically easier to give up. But when it comes to your time, are you willing to give up your time with your friends, your family, your mentors, your mentees, or your job in order to get something else? Because that's you're going to have to. If you want something different, If you want change, it comes with a certain level of pain, a certain level of giving up something. Energy. Are you going to put your energy into anger and hate? Are you going to put it into social media, your cell phone? Are you going to put it into podcasts or your work or your drug seeking? Where are you going to put your energy? Because if you give up your energy in one category... To apply it to another, you're losing something in that other category that you gave up from. All of these things have in common that they are wants, not needs. We sometimes fool ourselves even calling them needs. I just need a burger. Or I just need a veggie patty. Because I'm vegetarian. Guess what? Is that a need or a want? So we all have to decide what is our cause? What is the thing we stand for? What is it that is our purpose? And if we don't decide, oh, trust me, the world will try to decide for us. It wants to decide for you. I mean, let's be real, the idea of being able to make tens of thousands of people do what I want them to do, there's a certain appeal to that, even though I'm not narcissistic. Well, I don't think that I am. I think a narcissist might not, might not admit that they're narcissistic. No, I'm, I'm not narcissistic. But the idea of being able to, uh, you know, to influence tens of thousands of people, there's something about that that's kind of neat. What's your cause? Is it your family, your friends, your politics, your sports, work, social media, TV, podcasting, personal growth, community growth, education for yourself, education for others, economic prosperity, missions work, volunteering, your church community? What's your cause? Your causes will be identified by your time, your energy, and your resources. Where those go, that's your mission. That's what you're committed to. So ultimately, any cause is something that we put our time, energy, and resources to. So now to the good part. I get to help you if you don't know already. Many of you probably do, but it doesn't hurt to have these reminders. I know because I need them in my life too. There's a way in which we can enhance our intentionality and do it better. Okay, so many, many of you might know this as what we call identity work. Identity work is pretty basic. Who was I? Who am I? Who do I want to be? but there's a way of going about doing this. We can do a personal inventory and we can do it in the present. What, what that means is we take a look, we, you know, looking back, And looking at who we were, like any of you are capable of doing that. You know, you just, you just do a mask project, right? You, you create a mask of who you were when you were between the ages of 15 and 20. And you, you know, you, uh, you fill in the, the, the mask with, I mean, you can do like, what do they call those things? The paper mache, you can draw, you can, or you can write it out. It doesn't really matter. You can look back far enough and do that. But how do we do that? with one right now today, I'm about to tell you. Number one, you do a personal inventory from today for the next two weeks. And what you do is you track your time. Now, it's a lot of work. You gotta be willing to put time, energy, and resources into this. You're gonna have to, at the end of your day, or maybe in the middle and at the end, if you're gonna break it down that way, you're gonna to have to go back and look at your schedule and say, this is what I did for that block of time, this is what I did for that block of time, and you can get down to the minute if you want. What you're looking for is where you're putting your time, your energy, and your resources. So there's really only three categories, time, energy, resources. What time are you putting into things? What energy are you able to give those things, right? We get depleted by some things, but we get energized by others, So, time, energy, and resources. Where am I putting my money? Where, you know, if I sold something, why did I sell it? Was it to buy something new or was it to pay for something I needed to pay for, like, I don't know, my house or something that is a need, like water? Number two, once we have our personal inventory, we got to ask one simple question Is this correctly allotted? Is my time that I'm actually spending on things. And this requires complete honesty. You don't have to share it with anybody else, but be honest with yourself. Is it correctly allotted? Did I mean to spend 10 hours last week playing video games? Did I mean to tell my kids, no, I'm sorry, I'm out of energy and can't play with you? Number three, we decide on the changes. Every single time I have done a personal inventory, and this is true with pretty much every client. I, I can't think of a client I've ever had that sat with me, did a personal inventory, and did not create some changes on purpose. No matter how many times they've done this, no matter how many times I've done this. So we decide what those changes need to be around. We pick the you know, three to five things we want to make adjustments with. Then we plan and organize the changes. Now, you could do this in collaboration with your therapist. It's a good idea, actually, because I'm not your therapist. I'm a podcaster out here. Number five, you implement the plan. That just means we adjust the allotments of time. And then this is absolutely critical and probably the most forgotten step in the process. We have to review it. So you, usually I would say about, you know, maybe at the end of the month or you might want to do a, a quick review, uh, but typically I would say run it for three to six months and then review the plan and see if you were able to make the appropriate adjustments. And if so, what you're going to do is you're going to find the next Three to five things that you need to make adjustments with. Or you'd be you might get to there and and go, hmm, well, I did pretty good in these two categories, but in this one, I didn't do so hot. So I probably need to either one, change my mind and say, apparently that's just not very important to me, or I need to adjust that category. And do something that's simpler. There might be a behavioral shift. There might be uh, you know, something else that is distracting us, something we're falling for in our culture because our culture will make you fall for things. It makes me fall for things and I'm trying to pay attention to this stuff all the time. So after about three to six months, you gotta have something on the calendar. You review it and do it again. The review is really simple. You just do a new personal inventory for about two weeks. Yep, that's, the, that's a great way to do it. Or you can review the plan and ask yourself if you're meeting the objectives of the plan. That works too. So what we've talked about today is so critically important that I, I encourage every single one of you not to just be passive listeners of a podcast. Be active listeners. Take this content and make it make a difference for you. This isn't for me. I do this stuff. I'm doing this because therapeutically I see this routinely come up. And if you know how and you're willing to put in the work, you can change some of the things that you're doing to be better, to be more intentional about what it is you actually want, more purposeful. So thanks for joining me. I appreciate your time. Please put this podcast away now. Pick up a pin and go do the work. It's good for you. And don't forget, collaborate with your therapist. There's a lot of good therapists out there. Find one and do this with them. All right, thank you so much for joining us and have a great day.